Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, I interview co-author Norma Roth. She and her daughter wrote the award-winning Lovable Lucy series of books for young children and early readers. You're going to love this episode about this adorable series of books, and please don't miss the giveaway that we talk about later in the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hi, I'm Norma Roth. And as you said, I am the co-author of the award-winning and Kirkus-recommended Lovable Lucy series, and I've written this book series with my daughter, Shana Rose Penn. It was our pandemic project, and it has blossomed into what will be a 10-book series for early readers. Thank you for having me on your show. I'm thrilled to have you. I used to be a teacher, so I taught high school, and I also ran a cooking school for children who were ages two and up. And so I'm really passionate from my perspective as a parent and as a former educator about how we teach kids. And books are such an incredibly powerful way to teach our kids all kinds of things. And we're bonding with our kids as we're spending time together reading. So I love the fact that you are bringing together kids and dogs and books. So talk to me a little bit about the series. What's it about and what inspired you guys to write it? So let me start with what inspired us to write it. I uh, came to, I have always been a writer, but it was not my first profession. And I came to it later in life after a cancer diagnosis inspired me to write um, a book about women with breast cancer. I had had breast cancer Anyway, it snowballed into becoming a blogger and a correspondent for a local newspaper. And then my kids wanted me to write a book about our little, our very own lovable Lucy, our family dog. And I kind of laughed it off, but Shana really wanted to do this. And for years, I did not engage with it. And then in the pandemic, Shana came to live with us as she had become unemployed. Um, She had worked in live theater entertainment in New York City. And she came to live with us and she said, let's do it. So we, we came up with the concept of writing um, a series of books inspired by uh, real life adventures that our Lucy had experienced. And we wrote the manuscripts we found an illustrator and we have two of the books now published. So that is the first. And the second is we really wanted the dog to be the main character and voice of the book series, because we believe that children really relate well to animals. And we just thought the, the stories worked best 
with Lucy guiding the kids on all of these little adventures that she has and the challenges she faces and how the emotions that she experiences are the same that they experience every day in their own lives and in their own world. And it has worked very well. And so we're quite pleased with how it came out. And I would say that how we describe it is that Lucy helps empower children to overcome the challenges that they face in their own lives. That's really powerful because kids go through a lot. You know, there can be trauma, just as there can be with a dog who maybe was rescued or had some kind of tricky past, right? Kids can go through all kinds of things. They do. And, And it's also important for kids and families to understand that animals, especially dogs, have emotions just like we do. They get happy. They get nervous. They're sad. They, and they have all of these things and they express them in sort of similar and different ways that we do. They cry. I mean, our dog cries sometimes when she's sad and we leave her. Uh, And when she's happy, she wags her tail and it's, and jumps up and down with excitement. So I think it's, it's just, it's a nice thing to share with children. And what we like is how, all of the books have these positive messages, right? And so Lucy has these challenges. The family works together in a positive way to help Lucy overcome whatever situation um, is affecting her. And I think kids are really relating to it. And I know that the books are making them happy. There was one parent that said they're, I believe it was a four-year-old, had a particularly rough week at daycare and at one point asked mom to send in little lovable Lucy's big day because that book made them happy and they needed that when they were at daycare all day. And so she did that and then they ended up, it just brought them comfort and it made them feel better while they were at while they were out of the house, you know, in their daycare all day. And that was really nice to hear. So we're, we're happy. That's such a sweet story. I really love the idea that not only a book can help a child feel a different way, but also probably the feeling that the book gave that child because it was associated with safety and spending time with their parent and reading through it together and discussing it together Mm -hmm. carried over to that child, even when the child's parent wasn't there with them. I think that's really good. Yeah. We were, that, that really touched me. Uh, I, I had, we had hoped when we created this book series that we could accomplish those kinds of things, but then, then accomplishing it is it's very rewarding. I can relate to that, of course, because in my work with families who have kids and dogs, we try so hard to um, encourage all family members to respect the dog, to give the dog space, to read the dog's body language and talk about how is the dog feeling and maybe they don't want contact right now. So 
things like consent are a big issue. Is that something that you ever talk about in the book directly or indirectly in the series? So what we do talk about, especially in book two. So book one is Lucy meets her forever family for the first time in her forever home. And there's a lot of emotions that go along with that, right? There's excitement, there's nervousness. Who's going to, are they going to like each other? Are they going to get along? And then in book two, Lucy's bigger and she's ready to explore her neighborhood, but Lucy doesn't know how to walk on a leash and she doesn't know commands and she has to learn commands. And what we really like in that book, which is little lovable Lucy, you're so big is each family member takes on a different role in teaching Lucy all of these different skills that will help keep her safe and help her explore the neighborhood that she that she lives in. And so Mommy and Marley, Marley's one of her siblings, you know, they teach her sit, stay, lie down. Daddy's more the playful, fun guy. He's going to like, okay, Lucy's ready to learn how to like chase squirrels once she's mastered work walking on the leash. And um, the other two siblings, uh, Lucy's human siblings, Sarah and Remy, they teach Lucy how to walk up and down the stairs because that's that's hard for a little puppy to do. And it's really nice that the family shares the balance of taking care of the pet because it is a huge responsibility and understanding as you say the dog's language and what they want and what works for them in learning new skills and things like that so uh, I like that I think it's really important that we model involvement of all family members because oftentimes what we see in real life is that we end up with, um, you know, one family member really wanting a dog or the kids really want a dog and the parents sort of agree. They succumb to the pressure that the children have given. And then of course the kids maybe find something new that's interesting and shiny and exciting that they want to focus on instead. And then all of the care of the dog rests on the shoulders of one family member. And that can be really hard and it can build resentment and, you know, maybe not everybody has the same positive, happy feelings about the dog. And so, Absolutely. I could say in our family, uh, our children, we have three, begged for years to have a dog. And my husband and I said no for a long time. But then a few years after my cancer diagnosis and healing, I just decided, I think we're going to take this plunge. And my husband was less enthusiastic about taking the plunge. So our kids were a little older. Shana, the co-author of the book series, was a senior in high school. Mm. And the other two were, one was in middle school and the other in elementary school. I I think elementary school. I don't, I honestly don't remember. But they were old enough to really share and taking care of Lucy and training Lucy. And they did that. And they knew that their summer project, We uh, Lucy came into our home sometime in early June. And their whole summer was spent taking care of Lucy and bonding with Lucy, but training Lucy. And it was a completely shared responsibility for many, many years until you know, one by one, the kids slowly went off to college. And now Lucy lives with my husband and I 
And we're fine with that. She's an old girl now. She's 13 and a half years old. But when we're all together, everyone takes care of Lucy. And it's, it's, that's the way it should be. I think so. I, I love that you can use your personal experience with Lucy and be a role model for the types of relationships that families can have and how everybody can participate, even in sometimes in small ways, you know, I mean, I can totally understand if, if kids are too little for official responsibility, they can still, you know, help fill the dog water bowl or pour kibble on the floor for the dog to go pick up the pieces or anything like that. And with little, so in the, in the book series, little Marley is, she's around, you know, she's, loosely inspired and like a six to seven year old so she can help teach lucy sit and stay and she's really good at giving the treats when lucy learns it and needs to be rewarded so it's i think like those little tasks like you say are are really important and the other thing that's great to touch on also while we're talking about this is most of the books in the book series that are coming down the pipeline, the are inspired by things that actually happened in Lucy's life. And so we've taken them and we've made them into stories. And they're also experiences that either uh, a child has ha- um, experienced or someone in their family experienced. And so we, we, we really wanted to use things that that happened to Lucy and make them into a relatable story for the kids and their families. That's so important. I mean, making something relatable is crucial, I think, to feeling like this could be me. This could be my dog. This could be how we feel. Oh, I see that this child had a hard day. So did I. And then it opens the door for conversation. And then I think when families feel like they can talk about things, then even more teaching can take place because then we can talk about not just our own dogs, but the plight of other dogs, um, possibly what's going on at a shelter or at a rescue. Or we could talk about bigger things like puppy mills and you know, just bigger topics that are in the world. And so many children are such passionate animal lovers that they want to feel like they can make a difference. Before we started recording, Norma, you and I were talking about our two of our daughters who also both want to change the world um, as it relates to the ocean. And I think I think that some of these passions never go away and we open the door when they're little to absolutely conversations you know and and why not use an adorable dog because that's something a lot more relatable than scuba diving that our girls both do. yes it is it is i i do think the adorable dog is relatable to everybody and it's i think it's a really good way for kids also to open up to talk about feelings Mm -hmm. and i think uh that's why the series works so well and why kids are really engaged with the books and why and also educators are are really enjoying them also using them in the classroom to talk about different topics so a few teachers have reached out saying they're using little lovable lucy's big day uh in the beginning of the school year because it's a new experience and 
kids have those feelings of they're nervous, they're excited, but they're nervous. Are their new classmates going to like them? Are they going to like their new classmates or the teacher? So it's a very interchangeable uh, situation and it, and it opens the door for a, a classroom discussion. I mean, that's amazing. And that happens with so many different things with children. I mean, if families have to move and there's a brand new school, that's a really big thing. If parents separate and they're spending time in different places than they're used to, that's such a big transition. So it feels like that topic of a book relates to pretty much everybody. And honestly, at the end of the day, it probably gives parents some comfort as well, because I don't know about you, but when I've started new jobs or when I was teaching school, the first week of school every year was always a source of stress and anxiety for me too, not just the kids, because we don't know what's coming. We don't know what the students will be like. We don't know what their parents will be like. We don't know what the new principal will be like and if there's different expectations. And so to kind of coach our children through something we ourselves are also experiencing is really validating, you know? It is, and I... Yes. And I also think from what I'm hearing from educators this year is this is the first year where everything is really back to school in person without any kind of hybrid program, right? From the COVID pandemic. And especially for the elementary school teachers, K-1 and 2, they they say it's it's very challenging. Some of these kids have been learning remotely for two years. They don't know how, you know, what is the book? How you open the book? How you read the book? What is the spine of the book? And the and all of those things. And they're and and they're just being exposed to that in the classroom. And but this these are books can really help. Uh, lower the stress level of those kinds of um, encounters that the teachers are having with the students. So that we're very pleased with that. I love the fact that we can take stories about animals that are so relatable and that they can help entire families and schools through difficult times. I think that's amazing. So your publisher is being very generous and we are going to be able to give away a copy of one of the books. And so we will have details for how we will do that giveaway on the Pooch Parenting website in the show notes for this episode. So if anybody is listening and is interested in trying to win a copy of the book for their family or for their school, if you're a teacher and you're listening, you can go to poochparenting.net and there's a podcast tab and we will have all the details there. We will also share on social media and I'm pretty sure your PR people will share it as well because we're really excited that we can use the topic of dogs to help families. And it also honestly helps dogs too. Which is something that I have like this little secret agenda that if we can help everybody to be kinder to ourselves and be kinder to our dogs, um, then I think that's a win. And it it increases safety. Do you guys talk about safety in the books? Do you have maybe that as a plan in future um, so in, in future books, mostly as it relates to the safety of the dog. Now in book two, when Lucy mm-hmm. has to learn how to walk on a leash, mm-hmm. 
she is very frustrated. She gets all tangled. It's really hard. And mommy explains to Lucy, because mommy is the one teaching Lucy how to walk on the leash, that the leash keeps Lucy safe. And so if she wants to walk through her neighborhood safely, she needs to be on the leash. And that's really important. And kids really need to understand that too. Um, mm-hmm. that, that dogs need to be on a leash. And we do try and represent dog, the, uh, actually while we're working on book three is currently in illustration. So when the dogs are not in a secured backyard, right, mm-hmm. they are always represented being on a leash. And it, that's Fantastic. really, it is really important for people to understand that about dogs. Uh. I love that in a million different ways, because obviously, you know, dogs can be hit by cars and things like that, but it even goes deeper than that, right? I mean, dogs can scare people if they're running loose. Not everybody loves dogs, and maybe some kids have had really frightening experiences around dogs, or they've just never been around them, and so they don't understand them. And so the idea that a dog that's loose, even if it's behaving really beautifully, um, a loose dog might scare people. And so a leash offers a little bit of support for anyone just to feel like, hey, you know what? I'm going to make sure that my dog stays over here because you are a little bit nervous. I I agree. And that was one of, it's interesting you say all that because my husband's hesitancy in getting a dog was he had a very bad experience as a child with a dog Mm -hmm. that was off a leash uh, and chased him on a bicycle and he he was bit mm-hmm. and he was really reluctant to get a dog but he trusted my judgment um and and indulged my desire to have a to yeah. get a dog for our family right and he has now seen what an incredibly enriching relationship you can have with a dog and what a dog brings to a family it it mm-hmm. just adds so much love our yeah. lovable Lucy is the heart and soul of our family and we just adore her to pieces. And she gives, you know, she just brings love wherever she goes. We were at an event yesterday and these four high school seniors came in to where we were. And I mean, they must have pet Lucy and played with her for like 20 minutes. And, you know, it was just, you could see what a calming and enjoyable experience it was for them to just play with Lucy. And that's, that's what it means to have a, to have a dog. They're really great. Yeah, it really can be. It can also be a source of huge stress if the dog isn't the right fit for a family. And so I think what you're modeling in this book is what it looks like when a dog is the right fit and when it feels good. And I think we also have to normalize for parents who are in a situation where they think, oh my gosh, that's the opposite of how I feel with my dog. I'm always nervous. The dog isn't fully safe around my children. I'm always wondering if my dog is going to growl or bite. You know, there are families in that situation. Um, And I I know this because they call and they're often really sad because they have to make a very hard decision of, you know, having this dog maybe go live somewhere else, maybe where there aren't children, because not all dogs are equipped to handle that level of commotion and stress. And, um, you know, they can't be around 
other children. So if you're hosting playdates or birthday parties, or if you have the parenting lifestyle that you want right. to live, you might have a dog that's ill-equipped really to handle that type of Yeah. And I think that, and I do think you bring up a good point and that when a family, especially with young children is looking to adopt a dog, that they spend time at these shelters and different dog adoption places, really seeing the personality of the dog. Some people make decisions based on the dog's appearance. It's a cute yes. dog or the, and it's, that's not what you want. You're, you're looking for the right personality fit. And I don't, I think sometimes that gets passed over and, but that is a very important feature. And one thing I really wanted with a dog was it had to be playful, but it also had to be laid back because mm -hmm. of the concerns that my husband had. And Lucy was a really good, she, she, she fit the bill perfectly, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. I mean, that's really a great example of um, responsible, you know, pet guardianship um, is being really thoughtful. It's really interesting because I'm, I apologize for the commotion in the background, but I have three foster puppies that are here that were um, abandoned in a home rental. They were just left behind with 10 other, there were a total of 10 dogs, these three puppies and some adult dogs that were matted to the skin and pretty severely neglected. And so these puppies have been coming out of their shell with me over the past few days. And it's been a remarkable journey to see how they started as very fearful and untrusting and how they're learning what mm -hmm. loving hands can be like and that hands are safe, you know, and, and we're playing a little bit. I'm wiggling my fingers and making sure they know that fingers good things come from fingers. Right. And so I play with my fingers along the floor, like little spiders, like, like this, and, and they're chasing my fingers and letting me pet them and stuff. And it's amazing, but these puppies are incredibly cute. And what's so interesting to me is um, the rescue that I volunteer for is remarkable and they have huge social media following and they get applicants based on pictures that we share on the internet. And this really goes to what you were saying that I have of the three puppies, one of them is a female and she's extra super tiny. And they had to close down applications for her because they were flooded because she's so cute. Right. And so what's really interesting to me is that then I get to take advantage of the fact that I know these puppies better than anyone. They're living with me 24 hours a day. They're in my house. You can see where they're, where they're set up right here behind me in my kitchen. So they're living daily life with me. They're seeing what it's like to be in a family with people coming in and out and they hear the coffee grinder and all of these things that you don't get when you're a neglected puppy. And I get to be the one to talk to the people who are handling the adoptions. And I can say, okay, based on my knowledge of this particular female, adorable, tiny puppy, this is the kind of applicant I would like you to look for in this giant pool of applications that you just received, right? So luckily, this organization has such a committed group of volunteers that we talk to each other and I can say to them, you know what? She is so tiny 
that she should not go to a family unless their kids are 10 or older because they will see her as a toy. They will carry her around. They will stick her in clothes and she can get hurt, like literally get hurt because little children don't have the coordination to support in their arms this dog that I guarantee they're going to want to carry around. And she's too shy to be manhandled. And so we need children that are developmentally capable of, uh, sort of listening to her needs and respecting when it's time that she needs a break. And I think, right. And I think sometimes kids don't understand all of those things about animals. They are like humans where, you know, kids, sometimes they're tired. They come home from being at school all day and activity and they don't want to be bothered by their parents and they don't want to be, um, coddled or anything they just want to be left alone and dogs are like that a lot too and you have to really read those cues and it's interesting because dogs like people have different personalities and our lucy and how lovable lucy will be portrayed throughout the book series is our lucy doesn't really like people who are loud in her face it she gets very uncomfortable being around people who just are like yelling at her or even dogs barking in her face. And people have to understand that that isn't for everyone. And so we oftentimes will have to explain to people, especially when they have a dog that wants to say hello to Lucy and the dog is a little too energetic to please respect Lucy's space. And, um, that she she just doesn't like that. And for the most part, people are. And again, as I say, that kind of personality trait is very similar to um, personality traits in kids. Mm-hmm. And I think it's uh, also important to portray that in a book series that where the main character is a dog. And in yeah. book three, as I had mentioned, which is in um, production, we're going to meet a lot of Lucy's neighbors and the dog and the, the neighbor's dogs. And in that, and in this book, some of the dogs are going to have, um, different kinds of personality traits. Some might be a little more excitable. Some might be a little more shy and quiet. And that's just how it is when, when you go to school or you're, um, yeah, you know, at an activity, you know, there's going to be all different kinds of personalities and you have to learn how to navigate and respect all of those personalities. Mm-hmm. I, I love the fact that you're modeling, advocating for someone's needs, right? That you're saying, hey, give her space. And I wish that my parents had done that. I, I can think back to years and years and years of family, like Thanksgivings and Passover dinners and stuff where we had this one uncle that would like, you know, be like, he would like squeeze your cheeks, you know, and be like, Oh, hi, you know, pinch your face or whatever. And I hated it. And I would try to like, just stay away from him. Like, I just wanted to like, you know, take my space. And so I wish that, you know, my parents would be like, Hey, when you see him, you have our support. You don't have, you can like say hi while you're holding my hand. And that way I can use my body to say, Hey, you know, say hi to Michelle. Okay, here we go. We're going to move on and say hi to everybody else now. Right. Where, where the parent steps up and says, 
okay, I've got this, I've got you. I see you're uncomfortable and I'm gonna take care of it. And so I think it's really super that you're showing this in the story that you're advocating for Lucy and her needs. And you're saying, you know what? She doesn't like when people reach over her head to pet her on top of her head. Why don't you invite her over to say hi and, and you can pet her on her chest. That's where she likes it more or, you know, whatever it is. Yes. And as our Lucy has gotten older, as I mentioned, she is 13 and a half years old now. And I'd say about a year and a half ago or so, we got a little wagon and we, and she can't walk as far as she used to. And we walk a lot. And we put her in the wagon and she, and we bring her around and the wagons kind of become Lucy's crib. It keeps her safe. She really likes being in there. It has a safe space between her and people walking and people who wanted to always just like touch her and pet her. And definitely as she got older, she didn't enjoy it as much. You know, when, when she was younger and a puppy, she loved meeting everybody. Um, but she loves the wagon. And we appreciate that people really respect that space now. And that's the beautiful part of the wagon. And so I would recommend to people who not necessarily have an older dog that just isn't as physically mobile, but if they have a dog that is a little reluctant around other dogs or people, you know, try, try that. It's been very successful with us and not, and we weren't even doing it as like an intentional thing Right, that, that safety part happened by chance. Uh, but yeah. I can say Lucy loves going in her wagon. A it's lot. a fantastic idea. And I love the fact that it's really just a visual cue for people to take space, right? It's mm -hmm. And children and adults often need a visual reminder um, to slow down. You know, that's what stop signs are for. It's a universally understood shape. And a wagon has these nice little edges on it and it creates space. And so for somebody to cross that, thresh that threshold and reach over to pet her would be an invasion of that space. And it would be a very clear violation of what you have established here with this it barrier. Is. And it's really great. And it gives you a moment to say, oh, please stop. She's saying no, thank you. Right. Because you, it's going to take some time for somebody to pause and reach into this space that's farther away or that has a barrier on the edge. It's great. Yes. And going back to the, the group of high school seniors that we met yesterday, Lucy had been in her stroller and what we loved and appreciated was they asked, can we, can we say hi? Can we pet her? And Lucy just stood up and started wagging her tail, which wow. is a signal for, I would love yes, to meet please. you. Yeah. And, and then at the end, Lucy wanted out of her wagon and sat with them on the floor and mm -hmm. um, they all just had a really nice bonding experience for about 20 minutes. Lucy got a lot of back rubs and ear rubs and it was really cute. And then she, of course we let them give Lucy a couple of treats. So that was an extra bonus. <laughs> oh gosh, I know. And then she probably came home and slept all afternoon after that, which she is did. great. <laughs> yeah, she did. That's, that's wonderful. Well, I'm so excited, Norma, that we got a chance to talk. It was and a pleasure. I 
can't wait for one of our listeners to get their hands on a copy of one of these books. Again, details for the giveaway will be on the poochparenting.net website. And um, I really appreciate that you and your daughter created this passion project over the pandemic because it's going to help so many families, children, and dogs um, throughout the series as people read these stories. They're going to learn so much. Yes. And they can learn more about us at our website, lovablelucyseries.com. And they can read more about our mission, more about us and the illustrator who's done an amazing job of bringing these pictures to life, Adwa Hernandez. And thank you so much for having us on the show. And we can't wait to hear who the lucky winner is of Little Lovable Lucy's Big Day. That's exciting. I am very excited. Thank you again for having us on the show. Thank you, Norma. I will link to all of your resources again in the show notes along with the giveaway as well, because I want people to uh, get their eyes on this really valuable series. So thank you so very much for your time today. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. If you're a parent and you would love someone you could talk to about your kids and dogs at any time and be part of a great community of other like-minded parents, please visit www.safekidsanddogs.com so you can learn more about the Pooch Parenting Society. If you're a dog professional and would love to build your confidence working with families who have children and dogs, I would love to invite you to join the Pooch Parenting Coach Collective. To get more information or to join the waitlist, please visit www.safekidsanddogs.com coach collective. I would love to have you inside the community so that you can say yes to more clients. Take care.